This is your host Peyton with Girls Gone Right. If you want to follow along with the video format, be sure to check us out on YouTube and hit subscribe. Let's discuss. Hi, this is Peyton with Girls Gone Right. Hi, this is Megan with Girls Gone Right. <laughs> and we have a really exciting episode today. Every episode has just been so exciting. This is the second one with me and Megan. Yay! But <laughs> Megan curated this one and it's a segment that we are hoping to continue to do. So Megan, tell us a little bit about what we're doing here. Yes. So each week we'll get your regular podcasts and Peyton's going to take the reins on that one. And then this one is something that I kind of introduced. <laughs> Whee! Uh, where we will talk about pop culture and not just cultural things. So we'll save that. For the other the uh, the other episodes during the week, and then this one we'll talk about movies, TV, uh, music, and maybe some influential things that have happened in the past with those things in pop culture. And today we are going to be talking about Mean Girls, which is why we are wearing <laughs> pink today. <laughs> Uh, and of course, our little pink light behind us. <laughs> uh, so we are talking about Mean Girls today. We'll go over how it was reviewed, critiqued, and perceived then when it came out versus how it is received now or how it would be. And would it be canceled? Would it be able to come out today? Um, so we'll walk through things like the pop cultural effect of Mean Girls' first impressions after we first saw it way back in the day versus now. Uh, and a few other very interesting and fun, quirky things. Yeah. Ready? I'm ready. Let's so get into ready. it. <laughs> okay, so I do want to go over some statistical things about Mean Girls. So Mean Girls came out. <laughs> oh, gosh, I'm scared. April, <laughs> April 30th, 2004. Oh, my gosh. That's like almost 20 years ago. 19 years ago. I feel like an old That's fart. I didn't realize that. That's kind of crazy. I'm an old fart. <laughs> I am. I'm an old fart. So the Rotten Tomatoes score, the audience score is a 66, which is very surprising to me, to be honest. And the critic score is an 84%. Um, it The audience score is surprising to me because of this feminist wave yeah. that we've had recently. Um, but... The contradictions in the feminism wave right now makes for very confusing opinions. Mm -hmm. So they probably don't know what to say. And honestly, I don't think a lot of women are probably getting on Rotten Tomatoes and writing their... So true. <laughs> so true. Their critiques. <laughs> um, the oldest review from an actual critic was on March 30th, 2004. And it said, Mean Girls is slim pickings compared to Heathers and Donnie Darko but it makes mince meat out of 13 going on 30. That is from slantmagazine.com. Um, I have to agree. I do love 13 going on 30. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but um, have you ever seen Heathers and, or Donnie Darko? I honestly have never even heard of that. 13 going on 30. Yes. Love it. Okay. Agree. But I don't, I've never heard of that one. I highly recommend watching both of those. <laughs> um, but those two movies are very dark. Yeah. They're very, very dark, way darker than this movie. So I don't really understand the comparison <laughs> for that. Okay, so the most recent good review was March 4th of this year. Uh, this is from streamondemandathome.com. It says the breakout star of the film, however, was Rachel McAdams, the who practically steals the film as Regina, the head of the snotty plastics clique of reigning beautiful girls. <laughs> yes, I agree. Um, the oldest bad review from an actual critic, April 27, 2004. This is from realviews.net. I don't know why. I just don't trust websites that end in .net. <laughs> <laughs> it says, in the end, Mean Girls isn't mean enough. Oh. Yeah. Based. Based take. <laughs> yeah. They're like, I liked it, but it could have been meaner. That critique would not pass today. No, they would be like, excuse me. It was too this, mean. This movie shouldn't shouldn't have even have came out. And yeah. you're saying it should be meaner? Yeah. That's Appar apparently. based right there. <laughs> Those are the days. <laughs> Not that you should be mean to people or bully people, but sometimes. Oh, to, to speak freely. Yeah. Really. Yeah. Uh, and then the most recent or oldest. Yes. Oldest bad review. 
That's what we just did. Yes. Most recent bad review. When the film is following the twists and turns out of the mean girl schemes, it has an energy and a life that is fun and entertaining, but it gets soft and sappy with a feel-good finale that is pure grade A BS. That was on August 25th, 2017 from the Thai.com. Honest. I mean, it was honest. It was very honest. <laughs> I kind of agree. Yeah. It, it, it had built a sappy up. ending. That's, a, that's every movie. That's every rom-com. Rom-com chick flick. It, it has to have a good sappy ending. Or it's just like I watched something completely horrible and mean and made me feel bad. Well, I think they played it safe. Yeah. Um, they're definitely trying to appeal to the audience of young women and just women in general. Yeah. And women love chick flicks, obviously. Oh, yeah. It's and chick name. flicks have to have like a cute, if it ends horribly, I'm like, what? Yeah. Was that me ending? Yeah. I know. Um, IMDb gives it 7.1 stars, which is, I'd say that's a, that's a fairly decent yeah. score. Yeah, that's pretty good. Yeah, that's good. That's a good score. Um, because it's not, it's not the best movie. No, it's, it's not just the worst iconic. Movie. It's just iconic. It's an iconic movie. Yeah. It's not like it was the it's a best cult classic. Yes, cult yes. classic, quotable. Yes, and we all love that. It created so many trends. Oh yes, which we are going to dive into. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so, what was your first take when you the very first time that you watched the movie? So the first time that I watched it, oh gosh, I mean, twenty years ago. Like, I was, okay, so obviously I watched it when I was, like, a little older, probably. I, don't, I wasn't watching yeah. it when I was, like, five years old. But I think, like, when I was older and, like, probably watched it when I was, like, seven, I was like, oh, my gosh. I just loved the plastics. I'm like, yeah. I want to be uh, yeah. Rachel McAdams. Yeah. I thought she was so beautiful and watching that movie. I didn't really think too much of it, right? You don't think anything negative. I was just like, oh, my gosh, it's a rom-com. Yeah. You get the drama out yeah. of it. Yeah. And it's it's about the tea, and <laughs> I like that part. <laughs> but I didn't really think anything of it. It was just yeah. a good movie that I liked. It was quotable. It was really funny. It had iconic moments in it that you just have inside jokes with. Yes. So. That's still, still quote today. Yeah, the, it's just so quotable. And I mean, shoot, I think I probably watched it more in high school than I did when I was younger. I mean, at that point in my life, I was a child. So rewatching it in high school, that's probably when it was even more popular because yeah. it was one of those movies that came out and it got more popular the older it got. Yes. And I think it is because as we get older, the more we start to understand what's really happening. Yeah. And we can look back on our days in high school and realize, like, <laughs> so accurate. Yeah. Um, which, that that was my first impression watching it. I was like, well, this is extremely accurate and yeah. can relate. Um, but it was just a funny movie for young women back in that time period. And I just wish that more women, white women white liberal women would grow a funny bone and just learn to take a joke. Yeah. Because life would be much, you would be way more happier if you learned to grow your funny bone. Yeah. Let's I think just it just has honest. come off so offensive. So the jokes that are being made, people take it to heart when it's actually I think a joke. I heard Matt Reif, shout out Matt Reif. <laughs> he said recently, I think he was on Theo Vaughn's podcast. He said, if you, if you get offended by a joke, you clearly were not bullied in high school at all. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, I'm just going to go out and say I am pro somewhat bullying. I'm not going to say go out and harass kids at school and beat yeah. them up. But bullying builds character. And yes. we grew up on the phrase sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never hurt me. Mm -hmm. And no one talks about that anymore. You don't hear any kids That's passing around this phrase. Speech is violence. It's Words are violence But now, we Peyton. grew up thinking that <laughs> words will never hurt you. This is ingrained in our brains, and we grow up with that. And now I've, kids are not being taught that at all, and I think no. that's so crazy because we grew up in a totally different world. We did, and, you know, like I said, everyone thinks that—well, not everyone, but the people that think differently from us think that words— are violence. Speech yeah. is violence. And they want that engraved so Words hard. Words will break your bones. Stones yeah. will break, everything will break your bones. Yeah. I mean, 
The phrase sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never hurt me could not be more true because a word is not going to physically assault you. Mm-hmm. And I'm not- I can if you misgender them. <laughs> well, <laughs> I mean, we're not putting litter boxes in schools, okay? <laughs> I'll call I'll call the principal. I don't even have kids. But <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll let them know. But I mean, I wouldn't say that I was- hardcore bullied in school, but I was picked on enough for it to shape my character, which we're actually about to talk about. Um, Which character do you relate to the most? Oh, this is a tough one. So I want to say, who doesn't want to be a Regina, right? Yeah. Leader of the pack, gorgeous, getting the gorgeous men. However... I felt like I was more of a Gretchen Wieners. Yeah? That, I think that I just related more to her character in the sense that she had a soft spot. She did. Yeah, she did. She saw what Regina was doing and she knew like, hey, I don't want to be like that. Yeah. She's being really mean. So in some situations, she would back out. She wouldn't always back her. Yeah. And so I related to that because I... I, I don't think that I can just be like me and I, I want to be the person to empathize with, with people and not be in, in the clique. I yeah. would much rather have other friends and well, not be in a clique type situation. I think when you're that when you're that age, high school, you have such a fear of not being, um, not fitting in and yeah. then not uh, being involved in a circle. Mm-hmm. And I think that's where Gretchen was coming from, where yeah. she had... Such a fear of Regina, but, but she wanted she, out. She wanted, she wanted her to do the right thing. Yeah, but she didn't know how to get her there. And she without, was so sweet. Yeah, she was sweet, and you can tell she had a good heart. Yes, she, like you said, she just wanted to be in the clique, but she wanted out so bad. Yeah, and she wanted to befriend Katie, yeah. even though Regina was pushing her out of the plastics, mm-hmm. and she would, you know, confront her and attempt to be her friend. And she just wanted to be friends with anyone she or everyone. She you could tell she had <laughs> yeah. a, a good heart. So that's that's where I fall I like in that, that sense. That, I'm actually surprised. <sighs> I am. Is your Did hair, you think I was gonna be a is Regina? your hair full of secrets? <laughs> it might be. It, shoot, it might yeah, be. I think both of our hair right now is yeah, full of secrets. Full of, we got a little secrets in there, but but who who would you align with? Janice. Janice. Okay. I didn't see that one coming either. Really? Okay. Yeah. All right. Um, Janice, because she has this attitude of just, I don't care what anyone thinks of me. Yeah. And when I was in high school, it took me a long time to get to that place where I just didn't care what anyone thought anymore. Yeah. But when I got there, oh, I felt so good. <laughs> It felt so good. But you can tell in the movie, because they, they end up... By the way, spoiler alerts. <laughs> Hopefully everyone has Hopefully seen it by this point. Hopefully everyone has seen this. And if you have not seen this movie, just turn this off and come back <laughs> until you've seen it. Um, you find out later that Janice went through something incredibly embarrassing. Mm-hmm. And instead of running away from it, she just totally embraced it. And yeah. was like, you can think what you think about me, but... I know who I am and I'm secure in that. And so yes. you're obviously not I secure with that. yourself. That's a good way to look at things. Yeah. And instead, yeah. I to see it from that perspective. Yeah. I love her. She's awesome. <laughs> so you're Janice. I'm Janice. <laughs> Gretchen and, and Janice over here. What a pair. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, so let's go through some of the most iconic lines. But first, what is your favorite quote? Oh my gosh, my favorite (laughs) quote. (laughs) I like, so the most iconic scene, only because I'm obsessed, is his name Aaron? Yeah, Aaron Samuels. Aaron Samuels. She turns around and she goes, what day is it? It's October 3rd. Yeah. (laughs) And that's just iconic to me because it's, the thing is, this movie just, became cult culture, cult-like culture. And every October 3rd, people wear pink and quote something from Mean Girls and quote that scene. And uh, do you, and so every October 3rd, I just think of that. Do you know what else is on October 3rd? What? 
It's my birthday. Oh, no way. <laughs> Oh my gosh! October third is awesome. That is so fun. I didn't even know that. Yes, October third is my birthday. Wow. Um, okay, so that's your favorite scene and line. Um, so my favorite scene is probably when Katie walks into the Halloween party. Oh yes, and didn't get the memo. Yes, and I just thought that. Why that, are you dressed so scary? Yeah, I thought that that was so just like. Such a moment for her. Oh, it's so good. Yeah. Oh, I love that. I love that moment. What about you? Okay, so my my favorite line is tied. Um, obviously, everyone loves that. Four for you, Glenn Coco. You oh. go, Glenn Coco. <laughs> and not for question wieners. <laughs> um, but the other one, and actually, shout out to my friend Donald. Hi, Donald. Him and I love this movie and have watched it together a million times. Um, him and I love this line. <laughs> I don't know why, but it's because of how the girl says it and delivers it in the movie. It's just so funny. But she says, everyone thinks I'm not a virgin anymore because I wear super jumbo tampons. But I can't help it if I have a heavy flow and a white set <gasps> vagina. <laughs> Okay, actually, that was, like, one of the most <laughs> iconic scenes. There's so many good moments. I know. There's so many good moments. That know. is so funny, though. So that line is great. And then my favorite scene is the Christmas the Christmas thing. Oh, my gosh. The, I, the Christmas the show. That one is actually... There, there's so many good moments, but I love the mom standing there because it's such a meme moment, right? <laughs> that is memed, and it will forever be memed. It's it's Chris Jenner. It's so good. It's Chris. Like it Chris is. Jenner is that mom. Oh my god, you're so right. <laughs> Holy crap, I didn't even think about that. That's so good. Okay, so that and then um, let's go through some of the most iconic lines. I would say too gay to function. Yeah. Too gay to function's one. I, iconic. And the thing is, if you said that now, canceled. Immediately canceled. There's yeah. no justification. You need to put out an apology on your Instagram. Although I don't know. Because, you know, you can only say that if you're gay, I feel like. I think that the gay community, and I can't speak for them because I don't know. Yeah, I actually, <laughs> I, I, I think that a lot of them are kind of fed up yeah. with what's going on in, in so the I alphabet think, soup. I think, you know, this is just a, a, a hypothesis because I am not a part of the gay community. But the gay people, I think, are more okay with our takes. And, you know, some of them do fall conservative and some of them do vote for Trump. But I think where it goes too far and the people that are always offended is the plus alphabet everything crazy after that, the trans, the queen, like the people the that people, are more non-binaries, the they, thems, yeah. those are the people that would be offended by that statement. Yeah. But they're also offended by everything. So I don't know if I would take that necessarily to heart. Yeah. I think, I think it's more of, they're not, um, they're so confused. They don't, they yeah. don't know who they are. Whereas a gay person, I feel like they, they, they know who they, they are. Know. Yeah. And they're quite content and confident and, secure with themselves to say something like that. Yeah. Um, obviously, we said your hair was full of secrets because it's so big. <laughs> so uh, one time she punched me in the face and it was awesome. <laughs> <laughs> Iconic. Yes. And of course, if you're from Africa, why are you white? That is a, such... A funny moment that also totally cancelable today. A hundred percent. You can't say a lot of things. And if you do step over and say something like that, you immediately canceled. You get dropped from whatever partnerships you have. If you're a celebrity, you have to put out put out an apology statement. Yes. Immediately. It's not funny anymore. There's no joke behind that. You can't joke about people's no. race. It's well, not funny. <laughs> that that whole there's like a whole segment right there in the in or in those phrases of lines because she says, if you're from Africa, why are you white? And then Katie starts explaining 
like, well, not from Africa. I was born there. Obviously, yeah. I was born there. But um, when she says, why are you white? Gretchen goes, oh, my God, Karen, you can't just ask someone why they're white. <laughs> and then Regina starts to ask Katie, like, about where she came from, why she's here, what about Africa? And then she says, well, I, I did homeschooling. She goes, shut up. And she says, well, no, it's it's where I, I did school at home. She goes, I know what homeschooling is. I'm not retarded. Yeah. You and, cannot say that today. And that, too, is cancelable offense right there. Yeah. You can't say that. I actually, it's crazy because these phrases, even just like the key words, are never to be used in Hollywood at no. all. It's on any movies. No. But if we go back to the the race thing, why are you white? Oh, my gosh. So the very beginning when she walks into the classroom, she says, we have a new student all the way from Africa. And they look at the the black student. Yes. Welcome. Yes. And she says, I'm from Michigan. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. (laughs) What? That would never happen. They would not write that into a movie today. So something that is so funny, now that we're just like talking about this, you see it. Back in these films from 2005 and, you know, further back. But these types of scripts, these types of things that they they were doing in movies then that were just completely normal, they were putting out in theaters. That's a conservative movie nowadays. That's only in conservative side of the media. Mm-hmm. It's not happening anywhere else. It's If you say that, you're conservative. But that was just like, that wasn't a conservative movie. That was just a movie out in theaters to the, like, Anyone, it was huge. Everyone loved it. It wasn't, you know, certain signs. It wasn't biased. But it's so funny because nowadays, if you say something like that, you're Im- immediately on one side of the aisle because it's so far. It's so far. And what what's really interesting to me is how far it has shifted in such a short amount of time. Yeah. Because hopefully this segment you like and we'll be able to discuss a lot more movies and TV and music that was very influential on pop culture mm-hmm. and the way that we communicate with each other and the way that we just talk because the way that they talked in this movie was how girls talk to each other. Yeah. That's just how it was. But now everyone's got a phone and they can just start recording you and post it to social media. And I think that is where things really started to go downhill mm-hmm. because they they wanted their gotcha moment. They wanted their viral moment. Yeah. Um, but... These lines in this movie are funny. Yeah. You know why? Because they're relatable. It's a it's relatable. They're relatable. And not everything that is you don't have to take offense to everything. No, you don't. Just because someone says something and you know it might not be politically correct or screw that. <laughs> <laughs> Using that in a loose term, yeah. but, you know, what might fall to society as a politically incorrect, it doesn't mean you have to take offense to everything. No. That's the issue is you say one thing and you offend 100 people. And shoot, you you offend more than 100. You offend a whole community by saying one thing. And it's something like, that's not even offensive. And half the time, it's not even relative to them. They're just like, I know I'm standing up for that community. I'm not a part of that community, but I'm going to stand up for them well, because I want to be the big person. And I yes. want that moment. I want to protect them yeah. because they can't. And yeah. I need to stand up for them. Well, it's and that that's victim mentality and this virtue yeah. signaling. And it's everyone wanting their moment. Mm-hmm. Um, but honestly, where is that moment? Where is that moment going to get you? It, when everyone that you surround yourself uh, is trying New York to do, Times. <laughs> it's, it's literally everyone is trying to do the same thing. Yeah. So what difference are you really making if you're all shouting the same thing and it's not, yeah. And it's not getting anywhere because you don't want it to get anywhere. Yeah. It's like, for example, AOC is standing up for all of these communities. Yeah. And She's like, well, I have to stand up because I have a voice and I want to use it for them. But I'm like, you're not even the one affected. And what is, like you said, you're just an echo chamber, but they want to be the ones to stand up. And it's whoever's voice is the loudest in a room full of people. It doesn't matter what that voice is saying, but they just want their voice to be the loudest. Yes. It doesn't matter what it's yeah. doing or what it's saying or the point of anything because they like they most likely don't even have a point. But as long as their voice is the loudest and everyone's listening to what they have to say, that's all they want. And that is Capitol Hill and that's Hollywood and that's social media. Uh, Yeah, nailed it. 
Nailed it. <laughs> um, okay, so we hit on race a little bit. So now let's talk about girls. Um, I would say these aren't... So now we're just kind of shifting into the discussion part of it. So we might quote... Obviously, we're going to quote some stuff and we'll, we'll talk about some more lines. But um, Karen, who I feel like is one that gets a little forgotten in, in the plastics, yeah, is the stereotypical dumb blonde. And I don't see that a lot in movies anymore where they like... You have the token black guy. Oh, yeah. And then you have the stereotypical dumb blonde. Or you have the slut. Or you have the mean girl. Or you have the jock. Like, you just don't see those stereotypes very much anymore. Unless it's like a teeny bopper TV show. Um, <clears throat> but there is a point where she, Janice calls Regina a slut face hoebag. Yeah. <laughs> There's that one. Slut shaming. <laughs> Deservingly so. <laughs> yep. yep. Let's get into it. <laughs> we should bring that back. <laughs> and where did that go? Yeah, where did that go? This, what is your take on slut shaming? I think it needs to come back. I, I don't think um I don't think there's any shame in telling a woman to close her legs. I don't think, <laughs> yeah. I don't think that there is any shame in telling a friend hey, I think you sleep around too much. You you should be careful. You could catch an STD. You could get pregnant, which is another thing we can talk about that I yeah. think slut-shaming is an excuse for girls and women to get abortions. I think that they um, they have decreased the amount of I wouldn't even call it bullying. It's just awareness to women being sluts, <laughs> being being in slutty behavior. It's, a, it's okay to acknowledge that sluts exist and that's a thing to there be slutty. Men, men can it's, be sluts it's too. It's not liberation. No, it's, it is it's not. Sluttiness. Like you going liberating. out and sleeping with a bunch of men is not liberating. It's actually You're degrading. Right. You are degrading your womanhood because that guy's just like, oh, I got in her pants. Woo, let's go. <laughs> but you're degrading your womanhood and you're sending the wrong message to yeah. a lot of young women out there, especially if you're parading that around on social media. Oh my gosh. And I am so glad that you brought up slut shaming and you you think that it's a good thing and think that it's a positive thing because no one's willing to say these things because everyone's normalizing it and it's not normal. And I think especially on social media is where we see that echo chamber of all these toxic things going on in our culture. And we see that, uh, for example, the whatever podcast, they have all these sluts that they just interview and ask them about their body count and their dating situations and all of these terrible things. And it's an echo chamber as well. They're all supporting each other saying it's liberating and it's fine for a woman to do it because a man's going to do it. And when a man does it, it doesn't make them a slut. So I'm going to do it. And then I'm going to make a point out of it. So you're going to get ran through to make a point or I have no idea, but it's so sad because these girls have only fans and they're just selling their bodies, trying to get even to a man because they think that a man is doing that. And I don't think a man should be doing that either. No, but especially a woman who you hold your own value. A man does not determine your value, but no. you determine your value. It's not how much a man is willing to pay for your OnlyFans account. That's not value. It's what you value yourself as in respect-wise and who has access to you and being modest. Modesty is gone. There is no modesty of women anymore, and I think that that definitely needs to be a trait. That modest we, is the hottest. That we bring back. Yeah. And, the, and playing hard to get. Like, mm -hmm. there's something very chivalrous about playing hard to get because then that forces the man to take initiative to be like, yes, you hold, you get to decide what your value is by. Yes. And if you, that. if you degrade yourself by going out there and being a hoe bag, just call it what it is. Call, <laughs> call it like I see it. <laughs> <laughs> if you go out there and degrade yourself like that, no man is going to see any value in you and you're going to be alone for the rest of your life. Is that yeah. what you want for yourself? When you go to bed at night, do you feel good about yourself? Oh, here's one of my favorite things is that girls say and that I've seen on the Whatever podcast. So they're like, mm, 
well, I'm liberated and a man's going to do that. And if a man really loves me, he doesn't care how many guys I sleep with. Oh, he does. He does. Yeah. 100% he does. Yeah. And the thing is, a woman, there's something about just being classy. I don't understand what it is with these women thinking that they have to make a point and just sleep with every man to prove that, you know, that they don't, I don't know what the point is to that. It's kind of, the, I, I attention. don't want, they want attention. They want the attention and they want to just be like, well, men do it. So I'm going to do it. And they just, they're so tied up on this, on men and women being the same, right? It's like, they make it this feminist movement. So men do it. So I'm going to have to do it. And I'm going to do it even more. And if a man doesn't accept that and respect me, then men suck. Yeah. And it, that is, that is the point to all of this. There, there's no need for women to try and be men or a man or be involved in manly behavior. Yeah. A man is going to do what a man does. And we are biologically different. We think differently. We think with emotions. They think with and what's that's between their legs. That's how it's supposed to be. That's how it's supposed to be. <laughs> and that's just how it, that's nature. Yeah, tell that, it, tell it like it is. That and that's is mother the complete nature. truth. When we have sex with a man, women are more emotionally connected. Yes. And it's not to say that men are not emotionally connected at all, because that's not true. Mm -hmm. It can be true that sometimes they're not, but it is true for a woman and that's in our nature. And that's a beautiful thing. Yeah. So no, we are not men. And you sleeping with a bunch of guys doesn't make you less of a, you know, it doesn't take you away from your gender roles. You no. can't get rid of that. You can't wash your hands clean of that. But it's a beautiful thing that you are attracted to man to a man when you have sex with them because yeah. it's, that's what it's supposed to be. Taking that away doesn't empower you. It, and sex with multiple partners should not be empowering. Period. Um, it's terrifying. <laughs> because that is awful. Women need to go back to the days where we viewed sex as something. Um, sacred. Um, our bodies are sacred. The act of, of being sexual with someone is very sacred. And you have to have a lot of trust with that person to be that vulnerable with them to engage in sexual activity. We're getting yeah. real right now. Yeah. Um, Truth. And if you don't value, value yourself, how are you going to trust someone to value you? Exactly. And see you for who you are when you don't even know who you are because you're out there trying to get so much attention for selfish reasons that you probably don't even know what those reasons are. Yeah. it's So here's just an example to put it for the people that are not following with this, <laughs> with this crazy outlandish extremist idea that women hold the key. Mm -hmm. So here's the analogy that I'm going to give you. You have a car. It's a Cadillac. You want to sell it. You take it to the dealership and you're like, I want 60K for this car. It's in prime condition. It's got all the bells and whistles. It's a great car. It runs great. There's nothing wrong with it. Yeah. And a lot of people is, are going to want this car because it's nice, but not everyone has $60,000 to go spend on this car at the moment. So it's going to take, it's going to sit on the lot for a little bit, right? Yeah. Waiting for someone to come up with the cash that's able to purchase the value of this vehicle. Mm -hmm. It's great value. Well, it's been on the lot for a week and no one's no one's buying it. And you're like, okay, well, let me just slash it down to 30K because I really want to get it off the lot. And I and I want it gone. So you slash that value in half just so you can get it sold. Just so you can get it off the lot. Slash it down. You have sure, you have like 30 people trying to buy this car. But it's not going to be the same kind of person. Of course, they only have $30,000. They weren't able to buy it when it was 60000 So in that sense, women get to hold the value. Men are going to, they're, they're in a parking lot. They're at a dealership. They're looking for a vehicle of value. But sometimes men don't have enough respect and they are not able to pursue a woman of high value, a high dollar lady, a high, a high value lady right there. And when people do that, you like disqualify yourself. Like if you just waited a little longer, you would have find, found someone that respected you. Well, and to play off of what your, your analogy, no one goes to a new car lot or goes to buy a used car when the mileage is exponential. <laughs> yeah. You don't want a lot of mileage. 
ladies. Yeah, that causes problems down the road. You don't engine. want a lot of, you don't want a mileage. You don't want a lot of mileage. Yeah. Because it's engine problems. <laughs> you do not want that mileage. Okay. That was a good discussion. <laughs> All right. Um, but back to like the women and the and the girls involved in this movie in, in high school. Um Regina sits there at the lunch table trying to figure out the percentage of fat and the calories that she's eating. And there's a lot of moments throughout the movie where it does promote eating disorders. Um, It's funny because she goes, whatever, I'm getting cheese fries. (laughs) Which is the mentality a high school kid should have. Like, don't worry about that crap right now. Um, But, and then they get in front of the mirror at Regina's house, and they're like, "Oh my god, my hips are huge." Whatever. That's every, Look every at my calves. Woman. That's every woman. I have man shoulders. Look at my pores. <laughs> it is every woman. Yeah. And it starts younger and younger and younger, and it is a learned behavior. Um, I just, I wish that women would be more mindful of what they share on social media because it. It has such an impact on young women in such a negative way, especially when you're contorting your body with all these apps yep. and filters. And and like we touched on the last podcast, it's just not realistic. And I hate for these young girls to grow up and start getting lip filler when they're 17 and cheek filler when they're 21, when they still have baby faces and they don't need those things. Those are temporary things that are going to go away. Your baby face is something that you only get once. So don't touch it just because Kim Kardashian is filling her face with a bunch of crap. You're beautiful the way you are. Yeah, I I agree. I think social media gets out of hand. It does start younger and younger because when I was in high school, we had like cam wow and we had the wildest effects. It was no like Photoshop. There was nothing extreme to it. I don't it. even like, know what that is. Oh gosh, it was something that like put some... <laughs> Y'all know what I'm talking about. It put crazy filters and like you got like one, it was like rainbow, black and white, sepia, things like that. That was like our filter, right? It wasn't anything distorting. It was just a color change. It wasn't anything crazy. Yeah. But nowadays you go on social media and people are contouring their bodies. They're putting on fake makeup. They're using a face filter on their story. They're going on Instagram live with a filter. So it's distorting their whole cheekbones and everything. It distorts everything. And kids are seeing this at a younger and younger age because kids are going on social media at a very young age. So being so seeing this at that young of an age is so scary because you do grow up and you have that ingrained in your head of this idea of what perfect looks like. And yes. you compare yourself to that image or that filter. Well, I don't look as good with that filter on. Of course, because that's what it's designed to do. It's designed to make you want to do that and make you look unrealistic is you touched on the word plastic yeah plastic yes that the visualization of being perfect is something that no young girl should strive for the only thing that you can do is try to be the best version of yourself because god gave you one gave us one version of you and you one version of you You are an embodiment of Christ and you need to live in his word and in his sacrifice for your sins and learn to love yourself. And that's it. Hallelujah. It shouldn't, you should not care what anybody else thinks. And it's going to take a while to get there, especially in today's age with all the social media and technology and apps and filters and things. But At the end of the day, go home before you lay your head down on the pillow and just ask yourself, what do I like about myself? That's a good question. Because you can't, if you can't answer it, that's okay. Ask yourself again the next day. (laughs) And like you said, the thing is, we're going to get deep in here, but we are all imperfect. Mm -hmm. No one on this earth is perfect perfect. We are all imperfect in the image of God and we're imperfectly perfect Mm -hmm. in the sense that God created you this way. And when we leave this earth, we will be perfect in God's image. But while we're here, we are imperfect. Mm -hmm. And he knew, he knew who you were before you were even here. He knew who 
I was before I was here. He knew Peyton was before she was here. He created us in his in his vision before any of us ever walked the earth. So he's he knows what he's doing. He's pretty good at it. Yeah, you don't need <laughs> you don't need a filter. No. You don't need to have this unrealistic expectation and change your body and change the way that it looks like because no. it doesn't it doesn't matter. Mm-mm. I don't, the va- what you are seeking is validation and you're yes. seeking likes and you're yeah. seeking attention. And the only person that you need validation for from is God. The only person that you need attention from is God and mm-hmm. to give attention and be kind to others. It's not about you. Yeah. I think that's where uh, this society has really fallen is because we've fallen away from from God big time. Yeah. We just need to, we need to turn back to him. Need that Jesus. We need Jesus. We need Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> well, not to shift from our amazing discussion from that. Um, I do want to talk about the fashion. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> I do want to talk about the fashion because you guys are going to get some fits when Peyton and I go to Dallas in a couple of weeks. Yes. <laughs> and it, me and Megan are very much on the same vibe of yes. just like be. Wear your personality. Yes. I like to feel like my the way I dress is a rep- representation of my personality. Oh, yeah. It's just a way to express myself. 100%. But the, in the movie, I can't help but notice because it's coming back and I don't know why. Oh, no. Good Lord, you kids need to stop it. Is it, it. the low-rise jeans? Low-rise jeans, mm-hmm. but... The uh, the mini skirts with the accordion trim on the bottom. Oh, uh, yeah. Please stop. Yeah, I don't. I'm not a fan of the mini skirts. I uh, I love a mini skirt. Don't yeah. get me wrong, but I I can't do like the tight band around the butt. Oh yeah, and then the accordion like yes. frill at the bottom. Like yeah. let's let's not bring that back. Also, what is coming back is the juicy couture velvet jumpsuits. Oh my god, or tracksuits. No, 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 no. Yeah, I won't We've be doing there. that. We've been there. We've done that. It does not need to come back. I like a matching <laughs> set, but it's not velvet. It oh, will not be I'm velvet. I'm talking like the OG, like what the mom is wearing yes. when they go to the house. Yeah. That is coming back. Yeah, I won't be wearing that. I'm a matching set gal. I like it when, you know, you just don't have to think about an outfit, but I'm not wearing velvet <laughs> and I'm not wearing anything with rhinestones on it. No rhinestones on my... Athleisure. I don't want that. <laughs> oh, she had to clarify. <laughs> no rhinestones on my athleisure. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, okay, so we live in Nashville, so there might be a few Glitz rhinestones and here and there because disco cowgirl over here. Rhinestones and bubble. <laughs> yes. Oh, girl. <laughs> <laughs> but, let me hop on the pedal. What is it? The pedal tavern. Let's go. <laughs> Let's go, girls. Let's- like, oh, my God. God, when they hear that. <laughs> Whoever's coming to Dallas, guys, yes! it's going to be a freaking who. Come hang with us. We are going to wear things that are just outlandish. Yes. <laughs> because it's in Dallas. It's, it's, Everything's bigger in Texas, baby. Yeah, it's Texas where it's <laughs> the aesthetic is what I'm getting. So we have that side of the fashion in the, in the movie. Then we have Janice's fashion, which... So I'm going to be that honest. That was me. That was me. <laughs> I will say. I Can like you believe it? <laughs> cargo pants. I love cargo pants. Yeah. And they were like the low rise cargo pants. And I will say I'm a fan of them. Cargo pants are great. As long as we don't bring back the ones that zip off at the knee. That's so funny, guys. If you follow me on Instagram, oh, you, yeah, know you, know you know I have a fan. You know I have a Okay, so when I was younger, they had... And old people, you can back me up on this. They zipped at the knees. They, they, you could zip it at the knee, mm-hmm. and then you could also zip it at the thigh and make them into shorts. Oh, yeah. So I actually had a pair. Funny story. When I was growing up, I really wanted a pair of cargo pants that were camouflage. Yeah. And I was like six years old, and my mom, I was going through this phase. I had a boy neighbor growing up, and we were the same age, so we always just hung out. My mom was like scared that I was going to turn out to be like a like a. Like a lesbian. Like a lesbian. Because I have a huge lesbian crush on you. <laughs> so 
my mom was like so scared and she was trying to get me to do these girl things. And I'm like, I want a pair of camouflage cargo pants because my neighbor has them and they're so cool. And he puts rocks in them and I collected rocks. I was such a tomboy, but because Aww. my neighbor was a boy and like we hung out. So like he would do girl stuff with me too. And he had Care Bears and I would collect Pokemon cards. So like, you know, it was very mutual type thing that we had, but I wanted camouflage cargo pants. So we went to the store and I'm like, oh my gosh, mom, I found a pair. And she's like, those are boys. That's oh, the boys section. Boy I was like, I want them. So I got them and I would just put rocks in the pockets Aww, up until they were cute. full. Yes. And my mom like hated that I wore them and like she like <laughs> tried everything to get them away from me. She got me a pair of like black leather pants like Britney Spears would wear. And she's like, oh my gosh, yes. but these are so cute. And I'm like, but you can't put rocks in the pockets. I'm like, does it even have pockets? Where am I going to put my freight, mom? I need the cargo pants. <laughs> the freight. <laughs> the freight. <laughs> of my frog. I'm going to put my freight, mom. Mom, <laughs> um, that's also a quote from the movie. She goes, I saw Regina wearing car- or camo pants and yeah. flip-flops, so I got camo pants and flip-flops. <laughs> <laughs> Me. Yeah. That's you. <laughs> um, okay, so I do want to talk briefly about the lunchroom map because, and then we can start wrapping it up. Um, so there's, there's, Three topics I want to talk about, and that's the lunchroom diagram. Um, it's so accurate. Yeah. It's incredibly accurate. I I sat at a table uh, with show choir kids because <laughs> I was in show choir. And the football players all sat together. The cheerleaders all sat together. The baseball team sat together. Like, everyone sat with their group. Mm-hmm. It was just the thing. It's incredibly accurate. I think that is one of the most genius things ever to put in a film like this. It was so spot on. It it was so spot on. Um, The Planned Parenthood prank call. Oh, my gosh. That is, like, something that... Also, totally cancelable. Totally cancelable. 100%. But, like... So this is when we we talk about the bullying, like bringing bully, bullying back. That's taking it too far. Yeah. That is mean. That is so it's mean. Like, like there's a difference between bullying and truly just being evil. And to that me, that was, falls in the evil category. That was evil. That's an evil thing to do. That was so evil. So, so evil. Um, so don't do that. <laughs> don't do that. And you can like, that little girl that played the, the little actress that played that girl did such a good job of having that look of horror on her face when her mom calls her. Ugh. Um, before I get to the last part, I do want to mention the little kid sister in the living room dancing to the milkshake video. Oh my gosh. And then flashing the TV yes. during the Girls Gone Wild commercial. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Like, that's Girls not- Gone uh- Right. right. <laughs> That's not okay. That was learned behavior somewhere. But anyway, the mom. The mom is the last part I want to talk about. The mom. So like you said, all of this is learned behavior, right? And <laughs> yes. Regina is like her mom. Her mom is fake plastic, fake boobs probably very insecure about herself. Yeah. So that's why she felt the need to get all these surgeries and change herself and look a certain way and dress hot and sexy and dress like her daughter. It's learned yeah. behavior. Well, the mom, everyone had a friend that, like, there was a mom. Everyone had a mom in the group that mm-hmm. did that, whatever that mom did in the yeah. movie. Like, offering the kids alcohol as long as you stayed in the house. There was a mom that did that, um, offering kids condoms, which apparently, you know, you don't need anymore, I guess. <laughs> Going back to the slut shaming thing. <laughs> you don't need condoms anymore. You can just go get an abortion. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> Rant. Um, yeah, there was always that mom that was going to supply alcohol, supply the party materials supply the condoms, and not tell the other parents. There's always that. That's a bad mom. That's a bad mom. That's not a good mom. That's like, they want to be the fun mom, but that's not, bad I'm not like a regular mom. Yeah. I'm like a cool I'm mom. A cool mom. 
Bad mom. Bad parenting very, right there. Very, very bad mom. Um, so those were kind of the the interesting takes. I think the most important part of the whole movie was the intervention in the gym. Um, when the teachers finally take authority back and sit the students down. <laughs> and the the girl students, it's just the girls. And have them evaluate their behavior, which is something that we don't see anymore. I think that teachers have confused their roles with their students nowadays um, and offering unsolicited advice as far as sexuality and this whole gender ideology movement. Um, They could really take a note from the scene and pass it along to their students by just letting them figure it out on their own, just by asking simple questions, not, are you gay? (laughs) Yeah. Or do you feel a certain way about your sexual identity? More like, why did you say that to her? Why do you think that about her? Did you think that that was okay to do to that person? These are things that kids need to hear. They don't need to, they don't need you coming up to them and asking them about their sexual preferences. Are you telling them about your date that you had over the weekend? That's another business. That's none of your business. Yeah. Boundaries. I think another important thing to take away from that scene was just the personal responsibility. Yes. The students taking ownership of things that they've done, apologizing. I'm sorry for doing that. Mm -hmm. We don't have that in today's culture. There's no personal responsibility. We do bad things. We are humans. We are bound to make mistakes and hurt people's feelings because we're human. Yeah. We Sometimes you live and you learn, but it's about the ownership and being able to speak up and say, hey, I'm I'm sorry I hurt your feelings. That was shitty of me. It's okay to take as long as you're taking personal responsibility of these things owning it apologizing and doing better we don't see that a lot we don't have that enough no and and when they start doing the trust falls you see a great example of what real apologies look like versus what somebody that doesn't even know what an apology is and those Gretchen Wieners when she gets up there and she goes I'm sorry everyone just likes it so much (laughs) and then no one catches her except Karen because Karen's so dumb yeah (laughs) and she doesn't catch her she falls on her so it's like a perfect example of all these young women taking responsibility for the things that they said to their friends that hurt their feelings and understanding why it hurt their feelings and then moving on yeah and that's something that's so lost today is self-ownership taking responsibility for things that you've done or said that may have hurt somebody close to you and apologizing for it. It's, I don't know why it's so hard for people to just say sorry or for people to just disagree. Yeah, we can disagree. Like, I'm sorry that hurt your feelings, but if it's not something extremely offensive and that I know is really hurting your feelings, we can agree to disagree and have different perspectives. But I think if you know something's really deeply hurting someone, and we know when we're at fault, if we say the wrong thing yeah. or do something, you have that feeling in the pit of your stomach, like, oh my gosh, I did something wrong. Yes. I made someone feel a way that I shouldn't have. You know that. Yeah. It's human nature. You have that instinct. You know when you hurt someone that you care about. Yeah. And you have to act on that. You can't just push it down and not apologize. We don't live in a that's what's wrong with culture is we have cancel culture and that's a bad thing. But I do think it's almost come too far in a sense that conservatives say things and they think that they can just run over everything and they make no mistakes because they don't want to be canceled almost. And they don't want to have that apology because an apology, like putting something on or like that apology culture is kind of the left owns that. But actually there's like a middle ground and you can apologize. And sometimes we do say the wrong things. It's not just that you're getting canceled. It's just maybe you said something that wasn't right and maybe you should apologize. There's also something very interesting in within our generation where apologies are seen as a weakness. Mm-hmm. Um, taking ownership for and responsibility for something is weakness. So instead of dealing with it, you're just going to avoid it and possibly even cut that person out of your life and not tell them why. 
I, I, I don't understand it's like that. like the ghosting. I did something bad. Yeah, you And go- I don't want to face it, so I'm ghosted. just going to plow right over that. <laughs> yeah, it's like, or there's something in this women and self-empowerment movement that makes a woman feel the need to just drop people because they think that those people are negative, uh, having a negative influence in their life when that person quite possibly has done nothing wrong and you just drop them like that. You ghosted them. And now you've left that person thinking, what the, what the hell did I do? Yeah. And now they've built up all these insecurities and it just becomes a snowball effect. It's like, we need to start taking ownership for the things that we say, the things that we do. And if you just don't want to be that person's friend anymore, tell them, just tell them. Just be like, hey, I, I've met I've met a new group of friends. I, I I really want to spend time with them. I think I think I'm just gonna move honesty on. is the best policy. Honesty is the best. Where policy. is that? We never Fixing hear stones. that. Honesty is the best policy. <laughs> I I ride or die by the things that I was like these yeah. little quick witted one liners that they gave me yeah. in kindergarten. I ride or die by those. <laughs> well, they're instilled in you at yeah, a young it's, age. It's a good value that yes. I would like to keep. Absolutely. Okay. Hayden, would Mean Girls be canceled if it was made today based off society's political correctness? 100%. I think (laughs) that there's so many reasons why it would be canceled. And I don't even know what the main reason is because there's just so many. First of all, you can't openly talk about the LGBTQ plus community in that light. Like you have to be so, so supportive. And if you're not so, so supportive and pro it and show it everywhere, then it's canceled immediately. If you're not, you know, if you don't have gay pride flags everywhere and trans flags, then it's canceled. It can't be there. And I don't know if there was any transgenders in that movie. So I think it would automatically be canceled. Um, It was, it is not inclusive to all groups and there was not a a BIPOC as a lead Hmm. yeah so we can't have that yeah we need (laughs) we need that we need different leads and it is the slut like culture as well that wouldn't be as represented it would be represented differently in today's if it was made today have you seen Mean Girls 2 no oh my gosh so they have a Mean Girls 2 and it is uh, no. horrible. It's, I'm glad you didn't see it because it's it's terrible. It is like the woke, very, very watered down version of Mean Girls. It's absolutely horrible. It's, so, it's why terrible. Why make a sequel to something that doesn't, doesn't need one? Yes. Looking at you, Beetlejuice. They needed to make it a little nicer and more friendly and better for the next generation. You know, they, they do these things and it's terrible. But no, it's it would for sure not fly in today's day and age. And I think that's on so many reasons. And a lot of the reasons that we discussed. Yeah, all yeah. of those reasons, basically. <laughs> I think that if they were to make it today, it would get, they would have to water it down to be nicer. And if we referenced that, that critic that we read earlier, it just wasn't mean enough. They would make it nicer and it would be just... A cringy, fluffy high school girl chick flick. Mm-hmm. It wouldn't be anything. It would just be a waste of a film. Yeah. So I wouldn't even bother making it if they were going to try and do that. I think actually if it came out in 2023, where we are in society, I think it would do even better than it did back then only because people desire something like that so badly because of the entertainment industry and how woke it's gone when a non-woke movie comes out like Nefarious or the Mario Kart that's not woke. Like, we're, culture's just dying for something that's yeah. not woke and those things do so well in theaters because we don't have any other options and we're running slim on what to watch. So I think if it came out in today's day and age, it would probably just kill because people want it so badly. It, and it could kill because people want it so badly or it could kill and it and it would kill. Yes. <laughs> because people would want to go watch it so that they could go home and complain about it. Yes. I think that <laughs> Hollywood would cancel it. Yeah. But the people that would actually go watch the movies would love it. Yeah. I think there would be more people that would love it and today. And appreciate it because they just want it. Yeah. <laughs> They're so desperate for something that's not woke. But based off 
of Hollywood's elite wokeness, this movie would be canceled. Canceled. Stamped. Veto. Don't put it out. (laughs) It would be canceled. Yeah. Well, guys, we really hope that you like this new segment. Uh, There's more where it came from. So comment, obviously, send us your feedback if you liked it. And maybe a movie, a television show, or some music um, experiences that have happened in the past. We've kind of bubbled up a few that we've made a list of uh, that we might discuss. Yeah. Well, thank you so much. And we'll see you next episode. Woo-wee! Bye, guys. Bye. Thanks for listening to Girls Gone Right. Be sure to check us out on YouTube to watch the video format and check us out on Instagram at Girls Gone Right.